Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Power On podcast, where we talk about the latest and greatest in gaming. My name is Alex, and I'm once again your host. And today I'm joined by two very special guests, Kevin and Colton. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you for having us. No, I'm very, uh, thank you both for uh, coming on the episode of the podcast. Um, so first off, before we come get into it, how are both of you doing through all this craziness, um, which is our life now? Uh, doing well, um, you know, kind of just taking things in stride and, and kind of living every day um, with what we have. And so things are going good. Um, looking up. Awesome. Taking each day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us can uh, relate to that, but as long I hope you both are well and staying safe. Um, so if you want to both just take a moment and introduce yourselves um, to the listeners, so maybe just say your name and kind of what you um, do. Yep. Um, I can go first. Uh, my name is Kevin O'Brien and I uh, am a chapter coordinator for TESPA as well as um, the uh, moving into uh, a position with GG Leagues. Um, in my career through esports and gaming, um, I you know played a lot of games when I was younger. Um, I grew up uh, kind of like on the N64 world and that was uh, kind of my pride and joy when I was younger. Um, I went to culinary school and kind of worked for about eight years as a chef and then pivoted into um, going back to school and getting a different degree, uh, which ultimately led uh, to me falling back in love with the gaming industry, which led to the esports industry, uh, which kind of brings me here. Um, and so that's a little bit of a brief um, layout of how I got to this point. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to be able to kind of share, share everything I know. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, my name is Colton Bell. I am a founder of Claw Gaming at Weber State University in Utah, and I currently am a chapter coordinator at TESPA as well. Um, I really got into gaming by founding that club on campus. It was a really nice way for me to get a look into the gaming industry. And even though I didn't first consider it a career opportunity, I quickly learned there was a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of fun things to look into. And here I am today with my whole career path looking like it's esports all the way ahead so very exciting and very fun and i'm really enjoying myself that's awesome yeah it's uh you can definitely like tell just by speaking from to both of you you can really tell like how passionate you are and like like you both said like your journeys how you've kind of gone to this uh role and like how passionate you are about esports so i know it's a very exciting um industry to kind of be on be in especially right now since it is starting to kind of gain that traction um, of mainstream like media and whatnot. So for those of you who, or for those listeners who kind of aren't familiar um, with what TESPA is, how would you describe um, TESPA in a nutshell? I guess so, uh, if I go first, you know, my job here at TESPA is to be a chapter coordinator and mm -hmm. so I can really speak to how I interact with uh, the community at large, and most of that is through our chapter program. So okay. basically what that means is that I, as a chapter coordinator, just get to experience uh, a lot of amazing things with different chapters around the country, help them run events, help them you know, learn about their club, and help them get more involved in the gaming industry. So that's kind of what I do. Awesome. And then 
uh, my relationship and, and kind of what I um, do within TESPA is I am also a chapter coordinator who provides uh, kind of the, you know, the help and the resources and, and the, the mentorship to other chapters. And then I was also on the other side where I was a chapter leader for my specific um, collegiate uh, community. And so, you know, kind of getting to utilize a lot of the resources that uh, TESPA was able to offer as a, you know, chapter leader for uh, DePaul Esports was a, um, it was really beneficial. And so like, you know, both sides of it, um, I have been on in the past year. So it has been uh, a really big impact. That's awesome. Yeah, I know uh, our school, Durham College, um, we actually just recently became a beta chapter um, as part of the program. So, and like, I can speak just on kind of what we've, the support and resources um, we've been able to receive from yourselves as well as TESPA, like the organization being part of the program. Um, like there's definitely, like you would tell everyone who's part of the program, um, whether it be the other leaders or yourselves as coordinators, um, you would definitely tell there's a lot of knowledge and passion in like this organization and this team. Um, and again, just like the wealth of knowledge and like the resources you're able to provide um, has really, I know even for our club, um, just like really expanding our club and like raising awareness, it's like really stepped our ability up. So um, like it's, it's definitely a great program to be part of and like we're very lucky to be currently a beta chapter and then hopefully an active chapter. Um, but let's say someone has really doesn't know how this works, uh, how the chapter program works. Like, are you able to kind of touch base on like what the process is of a TESPA becoming involved with uh, or like a school or a school becoming involved with TESPA as a chapter? Yeah, so I actually work also as an admissions coordinator. And so I can uh, help describe that. So any club that is running on uh, a campus is welcome to join our um, chapter program and apply for it and be interviewed for it and there's a lot of different things you can find out on the website but ultimately we're just kind of looking for anyone who is passionate about esports and we'd love to talk to them more and see if it's something up their alley awesome yeah um and are you able to just touch base on like some the what you feel some like the opportunities available to chapters are or some of the resources you feel um they can benefit from from being part of the program I can um, definitely touch on this. Uh, so a lot of the benefits that, um, you know, TESPA has been able to provide to uh, communities is, you know, the opportunity for, you know, other gaming communities to be able to come together and kind of learn from each other. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a very great network of leaders. It's a great network of friends. It's a large family. Uh, and so it, it really provides, you know, that, you know, for one, you know, other students who are supporting other students, um, and that is a great thing. And it also provides, you know, some of the career development and mentorship piece uh, that uh, is, is so needed during, you know, this year's and in these formative years in um, like a collegiate world. So um, that's some of the uh, benefits. And so, you know, there's the, um, you know, the events and the event support program, which you were mentioning earlier in terms of, you know, receiving uh, event support to be able to enhance your events. And so those other um, services as well. Yeah, awesome. Um, and if anyone did want to just like check out the organization, like where would they be able to find more information? 
uh, you can find it online, uh, and it is TESPA.org. Perfect. Um, so kind of shifting away um, from TESPA, uh, I know a lot of people, especially a lot of like people I've talked to on campus um, who are interested in gaming, they always ask the same question of how do I kind of, how do I make it within this field? Um, so I was really hoping to get both of your um, kind of both of your backgrounds. So like your journeys of how you kind of got to where you are now and any advice you have for anyone looking to make a career um, within the esports industry. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, oh. Colton, go ahead. Okay. So basically, uh, when I got started, I really didn't think this was a career that was going to be an option for me. Mm-hmm. because of, I guess, my, my view of the industry and the fact that I, I didn't grow up with it and it wasn't something that I could just jump into and start learning because it was just a big learning curve. But I learned very quickly that it was a very welcoming community and there was a lot of opportunity for growth and learning because it is so new. Yeah. And so because of that, I was able to actually um, get into it very quickly and easily and just be open to learning. And so the biggest tip I could probably offer those people that are trying to make it is take that time to learn and ask questions because it's going to open those doors for you slowly and you can start making those connections and ultimately that's really what they want you to do is make the connections and find those resources because then when those jobs do come available you have that first front row seat to when when to apply how to apply all the best tips to apply and it's going to give you that much better of a chance awesome I think that's the uh, the golden question is kind of like how yeah. how do I get into the space and like yeah. how, how do I how do I enter into a space that like is really not an industry yet and I think that is the piece to look at um, and kind of how I got into this um, the reason why I fell into you know kind of the esports uh, industry in the collegiate space is I was doing a lot of investment banking pitches yep. and I noticed that you know you know, a lot of these, you know, companies in their earnings reports and, you know, in their, um, uh, like, earnings transcripts, we're mm-hmm. talking a lot about esports in the gaming industry and investing a lot of their marketing dollars into there. And, in, you know, when big companies start doing that, it starts to raise flags of, okay, why? So I started doing a lot more research into, you know, the indus- industry as a whole, um, kind of just from a macro level um, and a, you know, worldwide level uh, and just completely fell in love with it, um, you know, help build DePaul uh, esports and, and, you know, was able to build a community uh, and just really fall in love with the, you know, the family that the gaming community kind of brings. And so getting into it, um, I am a firm believer of networking and kind of, uh, you know, just consistently talking and learning and trying to network yourself as well as leverage connections. Um, And so I spent a lot of time learning, researching, and then, being on LinkedIn and kind of connecting with people in the industry and asking for 15 minutes of their time, just learning how they got there, um, which has led me to a lot of the, the, the jobs and the positions that I have today uh, is because of the connections that I built a couple of years ago. So um, that for me is super important and really big um, because you can use any um, hard skill or soft skill in the esports industry. It's just kind of like how you get in there um, yeah. in the first place. No, 100%. And I really do like, I think, especially both of you do have so much experience and so much insight. So I think um, just giving that insight to our listeners is like going to be very beneficial because obviously you, the both of you have kind of um, taken the steps that 
were required and you've accomplished a lot of good things and you're continuing to accomplish things uh, within the esports industry. So like, I think it's very, it's going to be very beneficial for our listeners to kind of hear um, some insights from not one, but two uh, professionals within the field currently. So uh, as you know, it's been a crazy few months since this whole COVID situation um, lockdown happened. Uh, so what have both, how, like, how has this, uh, lockdown impacted your ability to game, um, or potentially stream? Like what's, have you guys been gaming more? Have you been trying new games? What's, what's been going on game wise for both of you? So I think, uh, personally, I've had a really interesting time with, you know, being, uh, quarantined at home. And one thing that I have actually gotten into is streaming. Um, awesome. I'd never streamed before, and it was something that I didn't think was really possible. But now I stream three to four times per week, and I just reached affiliate recently, which isn't a huge accomplishment, but it's something more than I thought that I would ever be getting. And so it definitely opened up some opportunities to do more things from home. Uh, but also at the same time, I think that a lot of resources are being used before that weren't that weren't before. Um, just right now, as we're listening to the as we're doing this podcast, my power is out, and I have no idea how that happened. And uh, it's just something that's taking up a lot more resources and making things difficult in some ways and also more accessible in some ways. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that, you know, with everything that has happened with um, like COVID-19 and, and kind of having to uh, quarantine and, you know, in, in certain aspects, the entire globe at one point was, you know, inside and, and everybody was running on, internet and online and being remote. And that's, I think it's fascinating in terms of if it really showed the inefficiencies in our global economy and in a lot of the industries, especially in the esports industry, which, you know, people might've said this industry is, you know, perfect. If, you know, it's always remote, it can be remote. But then once this all happened, you know, we, we still saw there were some kinks in the um, system, which kind of yep. set some things back. But the one piece that we've seen, uh, especially, you know, personally, and then also in the industry, um, is how much growth um, we've seen because of how quickly the, the industry is able to pivot and then also get back on track. And so um, it's been really interesting to see. And I think for personally, um, how it's affected me uh, is big internet issue um, has happened, uh, especially in, in Chicago. And so uh, when you know, the, the, the Valorant um, official launch happened, you know, my internet was not in a place that was able to um, allow me to play. And so oh, no. it was kind of, uh, it was gut-wrenching to, to sit there for a couple of days, but, you know, we are getting back on track. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it uh, recently affected me. But uh, work-wise and everything like that has been good because uh, my work is remote already. And so um, it's been kind of a a easy transition to go from you know working outside of uh, the apartment to just being in the apartment awesome yeah, I know uh, uh, some of the past um, guests I've spoken to um, a lot of them mentioned kind of like the both of you were saying like this really has kind of like put some stress on like the esports industry but as both of you mentioned like they kind of like there's maybe that one or two weeks where like everyone was kind of in the same boat um, just because everything had to be like shifted or like everyone had to figure out specifics and how things are going to work out. But like there's like it's crazy. Like I know E3 
um, once that officially got canceled and a lot of like the game conventions, um, those are basically mostly been replaced with online showcases now. Um, and I know even like a lot of uh, game developers and publishers are have started to like push out like free games and free content just because they know everyone's at home. Um, so I think like in general, it has like kind of like both of you have alluded to, like it has had like, it's caught, it's, uh, made some kinks within like the system, but I think like a lot of good has come out of it as well. Absolutely, um, and I think that we're gonna, you know, definitely see a lot of innovation and you know new businesses um, and just a lot of forward progress because you know this has accelerated a lot of industries in many ways, and I think yeah. the the esports industry um, is definitely one of them, as you can see with iRacing and like NASCAR that has shown really good viewership and I think it's not necessarily you know it, people still aren't going to say like oh yeah the esports industry is going to take over and this is what it, you know this is the new thing um, but I think that you know the traditional uh, sports franchises are now realizing that you know esports can be used as like an extension of your brand it's not something new it's just reaching a new demographic and so um, I think you know NASCAR is realizing that and then you know, NBA has done a really good job at realizing that so I think we're going to see a lot more of those like collaborative, um, how do we engage with our fans in a new way type of mentality with a lot of like the sports teams. Yeah, 100%. Um, so are you, are either of you primarily PC gamers, console gamers? So I grew up on console um, and I never played any PC games uh, up until about two years ago, actually. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of been my progression. Um, I probably played like, I think I played like StarCraft in like 2008 on PC, but yeah. then there was just a long period there I didn't play it, so. Yeah. What about you, Colton? And I actually was a fairly poor, um, poor person growing up, so I didn't have very many games uh, to begin with. My first game that I do remember was on the NES, uh, the, the original Legend of Zelda. So I was technically a console player for a long time, where that was basically my only game. Um, finally, when I got into college and I had a little bit more access to some resources, I was able to start learning League of Legends. And from there, I've just kind of been a PC gamer ever since. I love to still go back to consoles for a couple of my like nostalgic games, like maybe yeah. Fable 1. Um, just those couple of games that I was able to play every now and again on things like Gamefly or things like that from forever ago. Yeah. But uh, nowadays, it's definitely 99% PC games. And I've heard uh, a lot of people I've already spoken to um, in person, whether like my personal friend circle or even like people at school, like a lot of them kind of had that transition where they were younger, they were primarily console. Um, but now I, I do definitely see a shift of more like PCs. Um, so I'm not sure if either of you like have what saw PlayStation 5's reveal yesterday, but like if you did, do you have like any initial thoughts, feelings towards it? Maybe it'll convert you to go uh, back to console. Like how, how do you both feel? So I've personally never owned a PlayStation, wow. but honestly looking at it now, I kind of really want to. I don't know if it's just the sleekness of it or the fact that there are a lot of like games that own that are PlayStation exclusive that are kind of starting to appeal to me like Spider-Man that's making me reconsider it, but I am definitely keeping an eye on the price and I may be doing it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I actually, 
I was very busy and so I kind of like missed the whole launch and like that the whole you know blow up of the the memes and kind of a lot of that um like fun internet trolling that happened with it um yeah. I think it's super interesting I was I was hoping that they were going to come out with a full just software integration and not even have like a physical con like a physical console anymore and turn into just a a you know kind of like a roku where you had like the roku stick that you could like plug into your tv yeah. or kind of um, like, like that exactly yeah exactly yeah. and so like i know that that that's going to be their next progression since i think they announced that this will be the last like console um that they'll probably make but yeah i'm yeah. just surprised that like yeah, I thought I was hoping that with like that push that they they pushed it back and you know continue to push it back and then um, we're very 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 uh, secretive with like how the design looked and there was no leaks about it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I like know, it. It looks really nice. So. I know it's been very divided um, on the looks because I've been uh, basically I've been a console gamer like my whole life. Um, I'm starting to like dive very like baby steps into PC gaming uh, just because right now I don't really have the resources to have like a kind of full setup um, that can like run any serious games. But like I've had basically every PlayStation since the PlayStation 1 um, and that was like my first like real console experience was the PlayStation 1. Um, so like I was very surprised about the design and I know it's kind of like it's interesting to see like here like PC primarily PC players um, a lot of them are like very like intrigued by the design and like it where like I find a lot of my friends who I game on like either Xbox or like PlayStation or even Switch are like 50-50 about the design just because it is kind of a step away from what they've traditionally done I feel as a company um, PlayStation and compared to the Xbox Series X it's very it's basically night and day yeah yeah so it's it's going to be i see that yeah i mean i yeah and i but i still remember the time when they came out with like the playstation and like the playstation slim yeah. and that was like outrage when the slim came out everyone's like you can't do this this is too small and so yeah i love it i think it looks great um i think it looks sleek and the controller looks really cool yeah definitely exciting i think an overall exciting time for games uh no matter if you are primarily console or pc um so before we wrap up i kind of have like a fun last question i like to do with my guests um so i just want to ask like it doesn't have to be in any specific order um but what are your top three personal games So I have a very specific order for mine, and okay. <laughs> I will buy it now. So uh, I'll go from the like the bottom up. So yep. my third favorite game is going to be League of Legends. League of Legends Ooh. is a game that I'm just I play a lot still. Um, it's something that got me into PC gaming, and that I have a lot of attachment to. So I just can't turn it down. It's definitely my number three. <clears throat> then number two, I actually have to go back and say that it's Fable One. Fable Ooh, One was. Wow such an awesome game to me it's so nostalgic and it just has like the perfect balance of like storyline but also some fun things to do with things like the demon doors and stuff in it it is absolutely i could play that any day of the week and then my number one game because 
for the, a long time, it kind of just said whatever I was playing at the time was my number one game. But I realized that I really wanted to have like one that I know is just top tier game that made, brought me a ton of joy. Yep. And so that spot is solely reserved for Dream Daddy now. That game wow. made by Game Grumps, which is the really dumb dating simulator for like <laughs> old like dads. And it is so funny and is so much fun. And so that is my number one top spot for the rest of my life. Wow. I've heard a lot of things about that game. Never played it myself. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll check it out. I've definitely played a lot of Fable. But yeah, I'll so check good. that out. What about you, Kevin? So it's going to be hard for me to rank this. Um, you don't have to, like I said, so you don't I, have to rank if you don't want to. Okay. So I want to go with two two games that kind of like defined me and then a game that I enjoy playing a lot now. Um, and so one of them being Mario Party on N64. Um, that was a big part of my life and, and my friends and in my community. Uh, and also uh, the original Duck Hunt on NES. Um, my brothers um, grew up on NES. And so uh, I remember playing that. Um, and so... Those were two, uh, and then recently, um, Rocket League has been just yeah. a game that I've, I've loved playing, um, and it's just something that you can do very competitive, but also very mindless at the same time. Yeah. So you would probably, I'm not sure if you like saw the recap for yesterday's PlayStation 5 reveal, but there's a game, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was, if I had to explain it, it's basically like Demolition Rocket League. I don't know if you saw the trailer, for mm. it, but... I have not, it kind of, but like, I, I can so see how that would be an enticing out. thing. So, like, think oh, Rocket yeah, League, but, like, a demolition derby version of it kind of thing. That's what the vibes, it kind of showed up in the trailer, at least, so. Sweet. I will look. Um, so I want to take the time again uh, to thank you both for coming on today's episode. Um, if anyone did, like, have any questions or want to kind of find out more information, um, are there any, like, uh, social media accounts or any websites that you would recommend that they go to? Uh, yeah, for me, I think the best way to get in contact with me, um, my, you know, I'm always available, um, is on my LinkedIn and my LinkedIn, uh, is with just the username Kevin mob. Uh, and that's just my first name, Kevin and M O B. Um, that's my profile for LinkedIn and anybody can connect with me. Awesome. Yeah, and for me, um, I'm very, very active on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at boo underscore bell. That's boo like the bear, so B-O-O-B-O-O, -O -O, and then underscore bell like a ringing bell. And then uh, my name is Colton Bell. You can find me on LinkedIn pretty easily. I have a very public profile, so just search up Tespa and um, Colton Bell, and I'll pop up right there on the first search. Awesome. Uh, once again, Kevin, Colton, thank you so much uh, for coming on the episode and just speaking about your experience and your insight and even your advice. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are going, are going to be very interesting kind of um, gaining that inside knowledge or insight into uh, how they can kind of take that next step if they're seriously considering um, a career within esports. So with that, we are going to take a short break and we will be back. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Power On podcast. Um, just recapping today's episode, we were joined by Kevin and Colton from TESPA. Um, 
if hopefully you enjoyed the content, uh, feel free to connect with us, the podcast. Um, we're now on Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is at Power on Podcast, and then number one on Instagram, we're just at Power on Podcasts. Um, and you can also stay connected through Discord, which is www.discord.gg slash Durham Esports. And the, uh, all the social media links and descriptions can be found, found below. Until next time, have fun and game on.